Welcome to Founders House. I'm your host, Milan Eihart, and today I'm joined by the founders of Rentree, a vintage fashion startup that aims to empower people through fighting for a more eco-friendly planet. Please welcome my guests, Selen and Frederick. So what is Rentree? Can you give us a little bit of a backstory? Like, what is the story behind it? During quarantine, I'd been looking to start uh, something of my own just because I was more, um, it was a mixture of being bored at home, the fear of like depending on like an employer because somebody like me, I don't know, I've always grown up like, quite independent, like just doing stuff on my own. And I realized that I put myself in an ecosystem where like after university, I'll have to be working for somebody. And then, you know, the next week they could decide, hey, we're not going to pay you anymore. And then what are you going to do? You know, so... Aside from that, I just saw like with so much, so many people like losing their jobs during COVID. And I'd always had this idea that I'd been thinking about of just creating a sustainable platform uh, that is more centered towards people of our age. So that's why I texted and I knew that I was probably good with more of like the technical side in terms of like, um, doing stuff like the business and the website. And in terms of like fashion, I knew like the majority of where this was going to in terms of sustainable clothes, sustainable fashion and everything is more towards a feminine uh, route as well. And I know that Celine was really good with just clothes and fashion and styling because that's how we got closer. Because uh, every time we used to travel to like Berlin or to Warsaw, stuff like that, and we go vintage shopping and annoy all of our friends <laughs> because we'd spend like six hours shopping. So I just knew that she was the one that would be perfect for it. Sounds like a marriage story to me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. When uh, when he first came to me with the idea, I was like, fuck no. I'm Oh, can we swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I was like, fuck no, like, I can't be fucked. I'm like, everything was so overwhelming at the time because of COVID. And I was like, I really don't want to be involved with the business right now. Like, I'm, I was, uh, I I think, 18 at the time. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, do that. And then he he came back with a sweeter offer and he was like, okay, I'll handle all the boring stuff. You do the fashion. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds like something I would want to do. But then... (laughs) Now, when I look back, that's not really how it's <laughs> happening. I mean, because both of us have always been interested in art direction. So, and like we run through it's very labor intensive. So, we both share a lot of the work, even boring stuff, the creative stuff. So, it's nice. It's not like one person is doing more than the other. We're just both very into whatever we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's always, I mean, our jobs are like labeled as. Um, two different categories but I think it's really good that we have a piece of work in both of like each other's as like um like you know what I mean like I I get had I get into the business aspect of it um I help with the website and you also do a lot of art direction you find pieces as well and I think that's great because then if you know uh, one founder didn't know what the other founder was doing, then that would be, I think I'm I mean, it's literally like, a, like I call a work wife, but it's like your relationship. So do you have a team or is it just the two of you right now? Yeah, we, we have a team. Um, it's a bunch of amazing people. Well, it started with me and Frederick and then 
uh, we also had another friend, but they decided to not continue to do the rentree and they were supposed to be the photographer. So then I was searching for another photographer and we found um, Sky, Sky Evelyn Matthew. And then <clears throat> she became our instant soulmate forever. Uh, and then we worked with just the three of us for a while until last month where we realized, like, look, we need to get other people involved because we can't handle everything and uni. <clears throat> and then um, so we called out for interns and then. Yeah, we got two lovely, beautiful interns, Zach and Amy, and we're really, really happy to be working with them. Let's talk about the industry a little bit. Why do you think vintage clothing has become so popular over the last couple of years? From my side of the um, business, I'd say like somebody like me, because I came from a streetwear background in terms of fashion. So what's really interesting is that with a lot of vintage clothes, it's very one of one. Like you miss it, uh, you have it, and you're never, you're probably never going to find another one of it again. So I think that's why a lot of people are very drawn to it from that side. And um, I think Celine could probably talk more about the sustainable part as well. Yeah, I think people are realizing that not only does fast fashion not last for a while in your wardrobe, because A, it's not, the trend goes away. B, they're not good material. They fall apart, like literally fall apart. And then C, everyone else is wearing it. Um, I think all of these combined, people realized, okay, like, what am I actually winning from this game? I'm not doing anything good for the environment. I'm constantly fucking it up with my choices. And I look lame. Like, that's that's the most simplified version of how I can explain that to you. Because but I, I really do think that people want to stand out with their style more nowadays. Because I think with the internet, we've seen a lot of... Um, miss like a mixture of different influences cultures everything there's no one predominant style I would say and because of that I think vintage allows people to express themselves really uniquely and individually to their own style with a still certain trend going around obviously but and doing that with a really conscious mindset I think uh yeah I think that's how I would summarize that so climate change um, is a big part of what your brand is all about. What are the big sort of companies doing to improve that in the industry? Because it's obviously a huge problem. Oh, not at all. They're not doing anything. <clears throat> it's all marketing. Um, the whole H&M thing, it's all marketing. Brands labeling themselves as sustainable. It's all marketing. I like. I've seen so many so-called sustainable brands recreate the same item and sell it over and over and over again <clears throat> stocking thousands of items just because it goes trendy and I understand that from a business mindset because it's hard to resist the urge of like making more profit I get that but you know we've come to an age day and age that we can't only be thinking about profit we have to think about responsibility and also a lot of brands are using organic cotton and just calling themselves sustainable for that. And I think, yeah, it's just become that like keyword that you have to use to make your brand more viable. But at the end of the day, what's backing it? There's whenever Frederick and I try to read into a brand when we go on their website to check their sustainability or like if they have anything about their production process, like what's behind you know the clothes, like. It's crazy how 
you can't find anything about where it gets produced, how it gets produced, what you know they try to do for their so-called sustainable practices. So I think it's really heartbreaking. How do you actually source your clothes? I mean, how do you know that where, like, when you go to the shops and stuff to buy it? How do you know that it's coming from a sustainable place that's in line with your brand? Yeah, um, well, I think I really have an advantage with this because I'm Turkish and I lived in Istanbul my whole life. And there, there is a huge, um, I mean, market for secondhand clothes, but no one's interested in buying it. So there's like, out, people are putting it out, but no one's like buying it. <clears throat> Just because people aren't interested in buying secondhand or vintage yet you know the mentality i guess or the fashion aspect of it isn't ingrained into the culture yet um and so i think i've captured a great slot there where i can just grab what people don't want and are throwing away um it's crazy i've been to flea markets and i've found like stuff that you people sell on depot for like 500 just being thrown onto the floor like yeah so that's one thing and honestly i think that that's good because um you know, because these people, like not these people, but I think everyone is wanting to get rid of clothes. And I love uh, being part of that cycle where I'm taking something that I find value in. It's like, what, what's that saying? Like one man's trash is another man's what? Is that a song? What is, am I saying Macklemore's? Another man's treasure, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I just said, Mac, I just quoted Macklemore. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I really feel like that. I feel like, I feel like I found the gem. I get so excited. I go home. I try it on. Like you know, <clears throat> so yeah, that's a part of the process. I also source online um, from like we've sourced from Spain, UK, <clears throat> Japan, everywhere. It's it's a really it's a really like weird process. It's everywhere. <laughs> wow, so you actually go and source all the clothes yourself. So wow. Yeah. That must take quite a lot of time. <laughs> Um, so do you guys, like when you first started it, did you invest a bit of your own money or did you like raise outside funding or did you just completely bootstrap it? We both put like, how much did we put at the beginning? I don't know. We both put a small amount and then, uh, well, I didn't have any savings cause I spent all my money in clothes. So, um, <laughs> Um, my, I've always told my dad that I dreamt about doing my own fashion business. So when I told him about my idea and he really liked it, he was willing, willing to give me a small amount, which I'm insanely grateful for. Um, but I think a good like pinpoint as to what we started with was two, two, two K. That's just crazy. I mean, you guys are obviously doing very, very well. Um, your social media is growing very, very quickly. I mean, you've got like what about around about 5,000 followers now, which is awesome. You guys only started up a couple of months ago. So you do all these really awesome photo shoots. What do you think has enabled you to grow such a big social media following in such a short period of time? I think it's, um, I, have to, I have to boil it down to two things. Um, the first thing I'd say is the, it's really good collaboration because in terms of like all of our shoots that we do, because Selena and I, we've always known that we'd never just want to put like a white background and be like, here's an item, buy it. because the whole thing with vintage is that you're not just buying the item, you're buying into the history, the style, like the era of the item and everything. So that's why we also want to tell our own stories as well. So I do a lot of like the creative direction for the shoots, apart from when it's labeled that the creative direction was by somebody else. Like, um, like there was one that was by somebody else. And then Celine does all the styling, the creation, everything. 
and sky is perfect with like pictures. So it's really like it, I compare it to like a like a hydra kind of thing because we just try and be a, as great as we can in our individual jobs, just so that once we come together and collaborate, it's really good. Aside from that, I can also boil it down to like the models that we pick, because Selena and I as well, we didn't just want to pick like you know the Instagram influencer, the person that has like one million followers. We can't even afford that for one. But also, it was also a case of we want to appeal to people who are like us. We only want to work with people who are like us, who share our values, who think like us, and, you know, who we'd see wearing our clothes, even if it wasn't a shoot. Who would buy it? Like, a lot of people that we've worked with in the past have also been our customers as well. So that's really nice to see. Um, It's friends, but now we've started to pay because we didn't have any money initially, but now we're starting to like do like more incentives and stuff, just so that we don't miss out on opportunities as well. Because I know that I know that London is quite competitive as a fashion and art scene, and we don't we don't have like amazing balance books like yet because we're just focusing on building a brand and everything. So that's why um, we're very grateful for the people who have worked with us in the past. And they also believe in us as well. And we believe in them that whatever they're doing is really sick. That's why we also support them in whatever way that they need to support. So what's your plan for the future? Like, are you wanting to turn this into a big business that you guys are going to be doing for a long time? Or is it just a sort of like side hustle thing at uni? (laughs) Nah, I don't think it will ever be a side thing for me. Like, this is my life right now. This This is one of the few things that I care about. But uh, we're on Trey. I feel like, I don't know, definitely we're like in terms of like outside investment, that is gonna happen. Because, but right now it's like brand building, but it's, it was never a side project, it was never a summer project, like COVID thing, or even if we're getting like one order a month, I'll still be doing on Trey. Because this is something that I truly believe in that I know regardless of the money or, you know, or even like clouds, I don't really care about that that much, but I just care about, you know, trying to build something that people want because people want a sustainable option. People don't just, and people want it that's created and like it looks cool and it's, and it's, it has more priority over quality than quantity because we don't just want to stock thousands of products that look bad, but want to actually get people what they want. And what people want most of the time, all of the time, it's what we want as well. Have there been any major successes or major standout moments that, that comes to mind? Like any major sort of successes? For me, a big, you know, time or moment in time was when we got a mentor. Um, we got like a startup mentor and that was really exciting for me because I was like okay now it's getting real and then the fun stuff that happened was the um totem magazine interviewed us and I saw my name and I was like what the fuck like they're actually talking about me like this is my you know because I do it with so much passion and I don't see it as a job I don't see it as anything and like I don't really take myself seriously a lot of the time because I hate when people take themselves too seriously and it really like, you know, like, especially in fashion, I've talked to so many people and it's like so up their heads and 
whatever. And so when I, I just, I'm always thinking like, oh, I'm just hanging out with a bunch of cool people and I'm trying to do something that I'm having fun with. So when I saw it on a magazine, for me, that was crazy. And I think for Frederick and I also, we recently um, contacted a model that we really wanted to work with. And um, they've said yes, and we're having a shoot on Wednesday. I don't remember which shoot it was, but I, I was styling for a shoot. And um, one of the models that I like really like looked up to was like, oh, I love like how you do the clothes. Like I love this outfit. I love the styling. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, really? So you guys had a mentor. I mean, that's that's really, really awesome. How did that work? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Was it like a program? Like, how did that work? Are they, are they still with you? Uh, yeah, they're still with us. Um, she is a part of a um, group in Turkey called Aria Women Investors. So what they do is they support women-owned entrepreneurs. And uh, we got into contact and she said she liked the idea and she loved us and she wanted to work with us. And I think she's a gem. Like we owe so much to her. Do you have any sort of general advice? Like what's the best advice you can give to any student or young professional, someone who's just graduated university, who's wanting to start up their own business or start up their own project, what kind of advice do you have to them? One thing I learned is that you don't need a shit ton of money to make something good out of anything. Because this was Frederick that taught me this. But um, when when we first started, I was like, how are we going to have money to do everything? We only have, you know, this small amount like, you know, brands have millions of dollars to do so many marketing, you know, photo shoots, makeup, blah, blah, blah. And he was just saying, we can just ask people, like, we can just ask people if they want to be a part of it, if they want to collaborate, you know. And he was like, I think that people will believe in us because we believe in us. And, you know, I think you just have to ask and be kind and be nice to people. And I think that was the biggest lesson that I learned from this. And my advice would be that, if you believe in yourself and you know that you're putting your 100% hardest work and your most effort into a job and you have full confidence in it, regardless of whether you think it's good or not, but if you're confident in what you're doing, then I think other people start believing in what you're doing as well. And they want to help you and also not help, but they want to be a part of it because it's such like a, I don't know. I, I can't really describe it in um, normal words, but I think it's like a really like energetic, like attractive um, something. I, I don't I really don't know how to describe that. But when you like, for example, every time we shoot, I, I always tell <laughs> our team like this feels like, you know, we're in a movie and this is a time lapse moment because everything happens so quickly. You know, I'm always in my head like, whoa, like everyone's doing something and I'm like, I, wow like there's so much energy like people are putting so much effort like even for them to leave their houses that morning and coming to the shoe place for us I don't know so to summarize I've went on a tangent but to summarize do whatever you think you want to do you don't need that much money you just need love and people that support you because no one else is going to support you unless you support yourself my advice would be right now we're in the best time to have a good idea. Because right now we're in an economy of things, for one, and we're also in an economy of that's run by a lot of imaginary numbers and figures, like, what the fuck is an NFT? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. But like, if you have... 
was did I freeze up? Hello? Oh, okay. Uh so I feel like if you have a really good idea, have some motivations beyond like the financial and the money, like you care about it. I feel like you should just start and then see what happens from there. Don't start, you know, investing like every single like penny that you have into it. Like start with the um start with like a skeleton of what the business is because a lot of like the business that we started with, we did we cut costs so much like in the beginning, like in the early stages, just so that we can make for up for it in uh later and later in the later stages. And I don't know, I feel like just trust your own ideas, trust your own vision, because there'll be a thousand people that'll be telling you that what you're doing doesn't make sense. There were so many people that I told this idea to, you know, and they were like, this this doesn't work for me. And that's fine because at the end of the day, like I said, it's only you and another person that I started with that are actually gonna care about it as much as you do. You know, there's nobody else. Before we go, I have one quick question. Cause sure. Obviously, because I was going on this podcast, I did stalking. Because I was like, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> and you work at Sotheby's. I do, yeah. It's weird, right? <laughs> That's crazy. How did you get that job? Um, well, I moved to London so when I was... From- we should be interested in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I moved to London. I'm from South Africa. I moved there when I was 19. And then I got a job um, at a real estate agency in Kensington, just a small one. And I was there for like just over a year um, and really, really loved it. I'm still friends with them. And then, yeah, I went to uni uh, at Westminster and then came back to South Africa. And then when lockdown happened and then got a job with Sotheby's. So, yeah, I've been there for the last couple of months um, renting all these apartments, which is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I love seeing young people win it. It's really good. I love making like money. And stuff. It's really good. For sure. I hope that answers your questions. Uh, yeah, it does. Okay. Cool, guys. Well, thank you so much. Hey. Thank you so much. Bye. Cool. Yeah. Bye. See you guys. Cheers. Bye. A huge, huge thank you for Rentree for joining me here on the Founders House podcast. I really suggest that you go follow them on Instagram and TikTok and wherever else and check out their website, Rentree. That's R-E-N-T-R-E dot co. They've got some really amazing stuff. They're also on Depop and on the Instagram store and stuff like that. So definitely check them out. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and follow and rate um, and leave a comment on the show. It really helps out the algorithm and boosts the show in the rankings. So if you haven't done that already, please follow the show. I'm your host, Milano Hart. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time.